Welcome to the Project Future podcast for people looking to launch and build their own amazing business with me, Rob Kerr. A few years ago, I asked myself, how can people considering starting a business be confident they are making the right decision and how can they improve their chances of success? The answer has become my book titled Project Future, Six Steps to Success as Your Own Boss. A Facebook group called the Project Future Club, where we support each other to launch and build our own amazing businesses. And this podcast, where every Tuesday, a business owner shares their story, including great tips about what to do and what not to do when launching or growing a business to empower you to make better decisions on your own journey. You'll find the show notes and transcripts at robkerr.co.uk. So in these uncertain times, if starting a business could be the right option for you and your family, read the book, join the Facebook group and enjoy the show. Now let's move on to this week's episode. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Project Future podcast. In this episode, I speak with Shira Shamban, a security researcher and technical expert with a focus on cloud security. Shira started her professional career in cybersecurity as a military officer in an elite intelligence unit of the Israeli Defense Force. During her 13 year service in the unit, Shira acquired hands on experience in cybersecurity and intelligence operations while earning an engineering degree from Tel Aviv University. After her military service, she returned to security innovation in business. After leading the cloud security research at Dome 9 Security, today Shira is pursuing her dream as an entrepreneur and has recently founded Solvo, a software company that automates and shifts left cloud security. Shira strongly believes in empowering women in the world of technology. She volunteers as a lecturer and a mentor in forums such as SheCodes, CyberLadies and OWASP WIA. Shira started her own mentoring program called Security Diva and is the co-chair of OWASP Israel. In this episode, Shira explains why cybersecurity is important to everyone. She also explains how her military career prepared her for life in a startup and indeed why startups like working with ex-military. She goes on to explain how she learned the role of an entrepreneur before starting her own company and excitingly how she raised three million in capital funding during the coronavirus pandemic. Shira's best advice is to prepare for the worst. Let's have a listen. Hi, Shira. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Rob. I'm very happy to have you here today. And you're the third person that we've had with a security background, having been recommended by Tanya in episode nine. So uh, I'd love to start uh, by getting a bit into your background and understanding how you started in, in your field. Absolutely. So, so actually, I started uh, at the age of 18. I had no idea that uh, uh, my drafting to the military would take me uh, where it got me to, the, to this day. Um, in Israel, we have a mandatory military service, and you don't really get to choose the kind of job you're going to do. Uh, while in high school, uh, you get some, some exams, and some interviews, and at the end of the day, they they put you in the role that uh, you know the team assumes or predicts that you will be best fitted to. And I got to be in the intelligence. Um, I can't say I was thrilled about it, just because I didn't know what that means, and and I had no other you know specific uh, uh, dreams of of becoming uh, you know. 
a researcher um, in that field, but but I started my service and I was also, I was always the kind of person who does a little extra. So sure enough, I went to officer's training and while I was there, I had a very uh, unusual request. I asked them to put me in a, in the combat intelligence. Uh, so that, that was a very unique experience for the time. We're talking about, it was uh, 2004, so that was an, a very unusual request for the time for a woman. That was fascinating. And after that, I started doing some other roles that had more of an office kind of nature. Um, but this is when I really learned what cybersecurity is and, and how amazing and, and diverse this world is. You have good guys and bad guys, and you have bad guys who are not states or any organized uh, you know, organization, but rather gangs and criminals. And sometimes criminals have the actions of a state. So this is very, very unique and very different from, let's say, counterterrorism. Um, so again, that was a whole new domain for me, very interesting one. And at the end of the day, I spent uh, 13 years in the military in total. Wow. Um, yeah, so, so that was kind of my first job. It wasn't one job, right? It was uh, a few different jobs. Uh, as I mentioned, at some point I became an officer, so I also became uh, a leader or a boss or a commander, uh, depends on how, how you want to look at it. Uh, but uh, except for the professional responsibility, uh, I had some other kinds of responsibilities. I You always have to take care of your, your team, your soldiers. You have to make sure that they sleep, they eat, they're healthy. Uh, so you kind of become like the big brother or sister to them, uh, of course, with the, with the relevant adjustments, because it's still the military and not the scouts. Uh, so, <laughs> so you have these adjustments, but at the end of the day, it was uh, one of the most meaningful experiences for me to be that kind of person for my soldiers and, and officers. And to this day, I'm still in touch with, with many of them. And I am very honored that they still call me, reach out to me, ask to consult about their career or their studies or what should they do next. Uh, and, and that kind of shows me that I was a meaningful person to them during our, our military service together. That's fascinating. It really is. And the, the time frame, there's so much that I could I could delve into from there. But the, the, the time frame that you've you were in the military, the mm -hmm. cybersecurity must have moved on hugely because, you know, the the technology aspects of it and it's one of those fast moving things, isn't it? It's must have moved on incredibly quickly and yeah. you must have been able to have to be, you know, on top of things all the time in order to, to stay ahead effectively. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's that's very much true. Uh, by the way, till today, you know, I always have to learn new things, new technologies. Um, but when I was drafted to the military, no one really had a, like smartphones didn't exist. So everything that has to do with data looked completely different. Uh, net data, network, bandwidth, uh, everything was so, so, so different. And can you imagine our life today without uh, Gmail or WhatsApp or Facebook? Um, because I can't. Uh, yep, indeed. <laughs> and, and, you you know, you have a, a very powerful uh, device uh, 
uh, at the tip of your fingers. So, so it changed everything. It changed access to everything. Uh, from, from the intelligence uh, perspective, uh, I can say that uh, the fact that any person carries this kind of device, sometimes even more than one device, made uh, the entire way we collect intelligence very different because the, like just imagine that in, in the past you, if if you wanted to to get a piece of information maybe you had to send a spy to another country uh, to go undercover and you know find out all those secrets today all you really need to do is find out that the relevant person where they working let's follow them on instagram or twitter and you know get in touch with them send them you know a phishing email and that's it you're in so uh, it changed everything for us. And uh, it also changed the way we do security, obviously. It, security is very, very relevant to each and every one of us, right? You don't have to be an IT manager or a DevOps engineer to care about cybersecurity. As a parent, you have to care about cybersecurity because your kids are on TikTok or Facebook and uh, strangers reach out to them, talk to them, send them an email, send them a text message asking them, you know, to send them uh, their credit card number, their parents' credit card number, or God forbid, even, even worse things than that. And each and every one of us has to care about cybersecurity from a different perspective now, but but it's a part of, of our entire life. Yeah, I think that's really well put. And in terms of the, you know, almost every every career, every industry, every specialism, there, there is that percentage, even if it's a, a minute percentage, that does apply to everybody. So I, I, I love the way you've put that because it, it, it does apply to everybody. And, and clearly for, for people like yourself, it's a lot higher percentage of, <laughs> of of what you do. But at the same time, just having that that kind of overall knowledge. And I think that's a really good metaphor for, for anybody in business, regardless of of their Absolutely. their background and their specialism. There, there's elements of almost everything that we need to carry forwards. Today, you know, it doesn't matter uh, what you do. You, you, maybe you have a, I don't know, a, a gym, okay, or, or a, a clothing store. Uh, once you have uh, a database of your users, uh, of your cu- clients or customers, their names and their email addresses and their phone numbers, this is a database that you have to protect. Um, and you know, in the in the EU, you have the GDPR. Um, protocol and in other places of the world you have they're they're called by different names but what they actually mean is that we have responsibility for for the data that people give us Um, so i know that most people who are not in cybersecurity or not in software or not you know they're not a bank they don't really think about it but they have this kind of responsibility and they will be held accountable and they might get very large fines uh, they might get sued by by the users whose data was was leaked and lost and then exploited. Um, so anyone who keeps any piece of data must think about it and must think about first of all if they really need to keep it, because if you don't, then just don't keep it. Once you you decide to keep it, you are responsible for it. And if you decide that this is necessary for the functionality of your business, then make sure you treat it. Uh, the right way, uh, because otherwise you will be held accountable if something bad happens. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really great advice, and it's uh, it, you touched there on something that I bring up in the book to say really ask the question: Will you have to look after sensitive information if you go down this route? 
and indeed are you happy to do that you know because if if you're not then that's probably not the right type of business for you to to, to manage going forward so yeah it's a it's a really interesting point that you make there so let, let's jump forwards a bit so you've you've, you've left the military and mm-hmm. what did you decide to do afterwards so on the first day, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. When I asked my my friends, what is it like out there? What do people do when they're not in the military? Uh, it sounds weird, I know, but you know, I didn't have a LinkedIn account. I didn't have a Twitter account. Like Honestly, I didn't know what is LinkedIn necessary for. Um, so they told me, listen, so basically out there, you have uh, the startup life and the corporate life, and you have to decide what do you like better. And I was like... I don't know. I, I never tried. I don't know the pros and cons of, of any of them. So I started applying to different kinds of jobs in a startup and in a corporate. And after, you know, about a month of, of being interviewed for different positions and pretending like each and every one of them was my dream job. And this is absolutely <laughs> the only thing I ever wanted to do. I had two job offers from a startup and from a corporate. Okay. But I had a gut feeling that um, n- neither of one was the right thing for me. And I went to talk to one of, to a friend, to a good friend of mine and, and told him, listen, so I have these two offers, but I don't know which one to choose. You know, these are the two options, the startup and the corporate. And he said, yeah, you have these two options and everything in between. You don't have to take these two. You can go ahead and keep on looking. All the options are open for you. So, you know, I did something rather, it's not silly. I think that uh, uh, throughout my career, and we'll talk about it more later, I it happened to me a few times that I had two options and I chose neither. I chose to keep on looking to find the right thing. And when it's right, you feel it in your stomach. Absolutely. And that's really great advice you got from your friend as well, you know, at, at that yeah. time. So I think not not having that clarity and not necessarily feeling 100% about, about both of them, it, it would have been so easy to have just picked one and to have gone down that route and then maybe two or three years later realized that that wasn't the right answer. So um, yeah, fan- fantastic advice and and well done for you for following <laughs> your gut as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried to listen to, to my gut as much as possible so so I kept on searching and in my search I ran into a company called Dome 9 Security I actually reached out to their CEO over LinkedIn uh, that LinkedIn that uh, on less than a year before I had zero friends on um, I found him I sent him a message and sure enough uh, he offered me a job at Dome 9 and, and this is when I started realizing why do people uh, in, in startups really like um, ex-military employees? It's because we are used to work with uh, insufficient resources all the time. We don't think it's weird and we don't say, oh, I can't work in these conditions because these are the conditions and you have to win as is, right? This is what you have. We're not going to have any more employees uh, to help you with this. This is what you have and work with it. Um, so he, he gave me a job saying that it's going to, to, to have something with data. We're not exactly sure yet. You will figure it out when, when you get here. And yes, I had access to lots of data. 
big data from the cloud. And I know I have to come up with something interesting that has to do with the security world. And this is when I, I took my, my expertise from the military uh, to ask questions and to find the answers to these questions only based on the data that I have. So in this case, I had metadata coming from the cloud and I had to look for anomalies or unusual events that might indicate that there is some kind of malicious activity in this cloud account. Using the same principle that I had uh, uh, in the military, these are the resources that you have. This is the intelligence that we have. Using these resources, you have to come up with an answer to a question. So I took those those pieces of data, those, those logs coming from the cloud, and came up with a product that does intrusion detection in the cloud. I also established a research team that actually does the analysis and the algorithms to be able to detect that. And uh, it grew into a very big and successful product. Um, and that was very satisfying because I knew I joined as, you know, we have uh, some pieces of data, let's figure out and turned it into a working and successful product. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, I love that angle that you've settled on there, you know, because so often in startup life and in life as your own boss, whether you're in a, a one person company or a small company, that information isn't complete and it's never going to be. So to, to have to find the solution, to find the right answer, you know, and to have the attitude, the can do attitude to get stuff done and to and to work through it, um, I think it's fabulous. So and, uh, and really well put. Um, thank you. By the way, uh, before joining Dom9, I kind of had the feeling that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. But okay. I was telling myself that, wait, hold on, like you never had a real job in the civil life. So, so you need to go and learn how to get it done first. So it made sense to me at the time to go and work for a startup so that I could learn how startups work. And... And as I said before, I said that startups really like uh, people coming from the military. And I think it's also true because the more I wanted to do, the more space I got. When I wanted to join sales uh, conversations, no one said, no, you're not from sales. It's not your job. They just let me join and they knew I'm a team player and I'm going to do the best I can to make the, the uh, prospect sign the deal. Uh, when I wanted to join a customer success uh, session, they, no one ever said no to me. The opposite. They wanted me to join their sessions. They were happy that I was willing to join their sessions. So, you know, everything I did that was not exactly uh, the intrusion detection product and the security research, I did it because I cared about the product and I wanted the product to succeed. But I also wanted to learn about other perspectives and other kinds of jobs that are being done in the startup. So that gave me, you know, 360 degrees uh, look. Or, you know, it's not really 360 because there are some angles that I didn't get uh, visibility into. But, but generally speaking, I got a lot of visibility into areas that were not my personal responsibility. That's great. And I, I love how you've You've taken on that responsibility to do that and i think that's a really good lesson for people listening you know if if you are in a corporate job at the moment and you know you have a a, a skill set that's 
well, a responsibility that is quite set, then go and ask, you know, see where you can see what where you can research and where you can help elsewhere outside of that if there's an area that's of particular interest to you potentially as a future business so so i think it's only by getting that that real life experience you'll know whether it's something that you enjoy and something that you want to take forward so yeah i, I think that's it's a wonderful attitude that you had then and how you how you took that forward shira i really believe in the attitude of i you know i prefer to apologize instead of asking for permission so I know it's not right for, for everyone, but, you know, when you do it in grace and not with the intention of hurting anyone or, you know, stepping on their foot in any way, um, people people appreciate that. Yeah. They appreciate the initiative and they appreciate that you are doing that to help the entire team win. Absolutely. So, so I had a very, very good time at Domine, and I very much appreciate the opportunity that I was given. I was determined to find the right place for me, but you know, they also took a chance with me because I didn't have the proper experience from the startups or from the from the corporates. I brought my my experience and determination to succeed and to help the company, you know, win. Yep. So you have to take the risk and you have to uh, believe in yourself uh, that you're the right person to do the job and, you know, and also to prove that that, that was in fact true. Oh, I love it. And, and having those people around you that know how to, to run a startup, you know, that must have been hugely useful and beneficial for you at, at that time before you've then, of course, moved on uh, to mm-hmm. your own business. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So Dome 9 got acquired and for me that was the sign or, you know, it was, I knew that that was the right time to really start thinking about my entrepreneurial experience. This is my time. This is the right time for me. You know, I knew it was the right time, but I also took the time to, to figure out exactly what do I want to do? How should I do it? And I really like to go and talk to, to different people I appreciate from, from different angles. And, you know, it, it's a conversation, right? I came for an advice. That doesn't mean I will take the advice, but I want to get to, to hear an advice from different people with different experience, with, with different points of view. And some of them told me the right time is now. Go ahead, go get it, go do it. But I can also say that other people told me why are you in such a hurry? Go join an, join another startup, get some more lessons, some free lessons, uh, and and do your thing afterwards. But personally, I knew that now is the time. It's now. I'm not gonna say it's now or never, but it's definitely the right time to do it. Now is also always the right time. But for for you, for me, it's also. I also have the responsibility to make sure I do my homework. So I took the time to do my homework. And figure out what exactly. Okay, an entrepreneur got it, but but what exactly am I going to do? So my experience was obviously in the cybersecurity world. So I knew that at this point, uh, this is the domain uh, where I'm going to to stay at. I can share that uh, you know my childhood dream was to become a doctor, and perhaps in the future I will actually turn into you know solving some some health issues in the world. Uh, but for now, I know that uh, cybersecurity is the right place to be at. So it's going to be a software startup in the cloud uh, domain because I came with, 
with experience from Dome 9 from doing cloud security. Uh, I thought I had a good idea for, for the startup. So, you know, some people, when they have an idea, the next thing they do is go and look for someone to write the code for their application or the code for their idea. So, but I'm not sure it's the right thing to do. Personally, I created a few, uh, deck, like a deck or a few slides as if the product exists and went and, and pitched it to different people just to get their feedback. And some said, yeah, you know, it, it's nice. Yeah. And some said, what are you talking about? I mean, this is not really a problem. We have other problems, bigger problems. And, you know, getting a good feedback is easy, especially when you talk to Americans. They're never, you know, direct enough to tell you that what you're showing them is just, you know, you're not serious. They, they tell you that it's nice, but deep down inside, they think that this is just nonsense. So whenever I got the negative feedback, that was the feedback I was actually looking for. Yeah. Um, people started, you know, when I, when they said that this was not a good idea, I asked them, okay, but can you please share with me your problems or your gaps or your needs? Uh, and this is how I came up with the idea to my current startup uh, called Solvo. I also grabbed uh, one of my colleagues from Dome 9. And after we had a, a good idea or a good direction for the pro- problem that we wanted to solve, we went and you know started developing our MVP while raising capital. Now, during that time, the COVID pandemic began. And that was a very important lesson because you know you can plan as much as you want and you can prepare yourself to you know the craziest scenarios, but I never ever thought about a world pandemic. And at the time, that was February, March, uh, no one really knew what was going on. And you know, from, from the money perspective, from the VC perspective. Many people said they're still making business, but in fact, they were just wasting our time in meetings and had no intentions uh, of investing in us. Uh, But uh, we were determined and that uh, that turned out very well because we were funded by uh, two very good uh, VCs. Uh, We raised $3 million. Again, during the pandemic, we... We did not meet our investors only until after the money was already in the bank, which wow. is pretty crazy. Yeah, we only met them over Zoom. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. Um, but we managed to do that and we managed to create our MVP. And today, uh, less than a year later, we already have a product. We already have some users. Um, so the hard work really turned out. It showed itself. Like we, we see that uh, people really need the product and are willing to pay for it. And as an entrepreneur, having people willing to pay for whatever it is that you're doing uh, is very, very important because this is a real validation that you have an idea, a serious idea, that people are, are willing, you know, to to open their wallets and and pay you money. So so for us, it was a very. This is a very good validation. And now we have to scale up. 
I love that whole journey and I didn't interrupt because there was literally nothing <laughs> I could say that would have been useful at that time so but what what a fantastic journey you've you've been on there and you know I, I love how that you created the deck uh, just to go back to that point and and pitch something as if it existed and and, and then to get the feedback and realize that you were probably going to create a, a solution for a problem that didn't need to be solved I, I think mm-hmm. it's that that's so worth drawing out that there is there are so many problems out there some of them need to be solved some don't some have got a solution that you don't know exists before you could create a solution that nobody might want so what a wonderful way to go about things yeah i i mean that this entire year had been you know one big long lesson for me uh i'm, I'm enjoying this this journey very very much and you know as a ceo of a startup you do a little bit of everything Right, so yeah. I'm I'm doing marketing and I'm doing sales and I'm doing HR and I'm doing finance, and I learn as much as I can about everything. Even when I bring along some people who can help me with technical stuff, I always want to know what exactly are they doing because, you know, at the end of the day, it is my responsibility to make sure that the business works well and that we manage to to grow and scale. And achieve our goals and and you know win every deal we want I, I think it's wonderful and to, to have done that in the pandemic and to have worked around the investors in the in the way that you did to find a solution it's uh you're, you're clearly on a, a very strong footing to be able to move forward so congratulations to you for what you've achieved so far and uh yeah absolutely let's uh let's see what 20, 2021 has <laughs> to has to bring for you so that's amazing well thank you so much for sharing your story um it's been thank it's you. been wonderful to hear you today and before we go i have to ask you uh the four questions that i ask every guest on the show um mm-hmm. so we'll start with uh the one best piece of advice you give to somebody considering starting their own business today so my piece of advice would be prepare for the worst and there, there there might be a few scenarios so just think about them don't ignore them or don't just assume it's not going to happen shit is going to hit the fan uh, you may have thought about that specific piece of uh, of shit or not but things will get uh you know messy things will become un- it's unpredictable so just think about all the bad scenarios just so that if something and when something bad happens it will not come as a surprise to you and mentally you will be prepared i was prepared to work for a long time without a salary because i knew it's a part of the game and i knew that raising capital might take us a long time uh this is just one example but always prepare for 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 bad scenarios because it's not that difficult to prepare for good things, but the bad things are the ones that will surprise you and will will rock your ship. So this is my my advice. Absolutely. And you know, I love how, you know, mindset-wise, doing that preparation and looking into those things makes it that bit easier as and when they occur. It, because it's mm-hmm. if it's on, you know, as a project manager as I am, if it's on your risk log, if it's something that you know could occur, then you're not caught by surprise. Um, so although this the worst case scenario isn't necessarily where you want your business to be, it's somehow not quite as bad if if it's something that you'd already thought of and it made some kind of mitigation for or acceptance of, of the way it's kind of the way it could be. So yeah, I think that's a, it's a really good point well made. You, you phrase it really, really well. 
Um, Okay, so what would you, sorry, what do you know now uh, that you wish you knew when you started your business? Um, So this is, you know, it's a a personal thing. I'm not sure that anyone will will come across this, but uh, at the beginning of my journey, when people gave me feedback like, um, maybe it's not the right time for you, or you're doing this and that the wrong way. When people gave me negative feedback, it really hurt my confidence and it was shaking. Uh, I, I had like a heart attack every time someone told me, you're doing it wrong. It's not the way to do it. Um, I don't think that I know everything. I don't think I'm the best at everything. But sometimes people have like overconfidence to tell other people what they're doing wrong. And you don't have to listen to anyone telling you what you're doing wrong. Like you can smile and say thanks and then forget about it because people have different interests. It's not always your best at their interests. Sometimes they have, you know, other reasons to not be supportive and that's fine. But I know that when someone wants to support me, they can give me a different kind of feedback. They can tell me, listen, I would try to do this in a different way. For example, hmm, I can help you to create a new deck that will, you know, emphasize your your pros versus your, your competitors, whatever. People who want to give you a good advice will find the right way to give it to you. Please don't listen to anyone who just say a negative things to, to put you down. They're not interesting people. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And uh, alongside that, people have different risk profiles and different priorities and things that they enjoy more. And if, if someone hasn't necessarily considered where you as an individual are or were in that situation, then they're not going to be able to give appropriate advice because they'll mm-hmm. be looking at it from their own perspective rather than necessarily what's important to you and, and the the experiences and the direction that you wish to go in. So so yeah, it's uh, it, it can be guessing advice. I think you know you you've shown both sides of the coin in in this conversation because the 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 advice that you got before developing your product was was fabulous, but then some of, some of the other advice hasn't necessarily worked. But to, yeah, to know... but getting an advice telling me, look, it's not the best idea. Let me tell you about my pains. This is helping me to 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 build, not to destroy. Yes. So, so look for these kind of people who are not coming to put you down, but to lift you up. And also when people come to me for an advice, I never tell them that this is the wrong way to do it. I tell them that I can share from my experience that these are the things that I did that worked well for me. These are the things that didn't work well. I can also share with you why I think it didn't work well, but maybe it's going to go well for you. So up to you. All I can do is share from my my experience and and do my best to give you the best advice I can. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I think that's such a great point, and and hopefully that's something that people will really you know latch onto and really appreciate because it's uh, it can be a, a very challenging position. <laughs> so yeah, very, very well put. Um, okay, is there a resource you'd recommend for someone at the very start of their journey? Um, there is a very nice book I, I actually listened to, but you can either read or listen. Uh, it's called Principles by Ray Dalio. Um, Ray uh, is the founder of uh, the hedge fund Bridgewater. Uh, it's a very, very 
successful one. Uh, I'm sure many of you, many of the uh, listeners heard about it. Uh, and Ray has a very interesting approach to decision making. Uh, it's very pragmatic, sometimes maybe even too pragmatic. Uh, so I can't say I took every every advice that he he had given in the book. But by the way, while listening to the book, I used to, you know, I would walk uh, with my dog on the street I would, and, and then stop and, uh, and write some of the advice that he gave because they are very wise uh, and they give a different approach or point of view into decision making in large organizations because during uh, the, the time he was, I think he still is working at Bridgewater, but he had to make some hard decisions like firing the entire team, building a new team, uh, and other types of decisions uh, they had to make. And, and the approach that, that he takes is very interesting and, and unique. It's very cold and data-driven. Uh, and I think we can learn some things, take some of, of his advice. So I recommend people to read or listen to that book. It was very interesting for me. Very interesting. Now, thank you so much. I think that's a that's a really good recommendation, and not a book that I know. So, one that I'll have to have to check out myself. So, thank <laughs> thank you for that. Um, and finally, then on the questions, is there someone you'd recommend as a guest for a future episode of the show? Absolutely. Um, so, my recommendation is a very good friend and colleague and mentor. Uh, his name is Grant Asplund. I met him uh, at Dome 9. He joined the team uh, uh, a while after I, or- I already joined the team. Uh, I learned a lot from him about, you know, about everything from, from how to be a good coworker to how to do marketing and how to, you know, Grant was the one who, who helped me to get accepted to public speaking engagements and conferences because until I met him, I would apply to, to conferences and always get rejected. So by the way, yes, it happens. You get rejected before you get accepted. But but Grant was there for me to mentor me, to help me, uh, to guide me. And, and to this day, we're very, very good friends. And it's always good to have someone like him uh, in my life to talk and ask for advice uh, in, in different uh, aspects and domain, professional or, or personal. He's a very interesting person, and I'm sure uh, your audience would love to hear him and his journey and, and all the great uh, insights that he has. Uh, fascinating. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd absolutely love to have Grant on the show. So uh, we'll we'll talk offline about that and hopefully we can, sure. we can get that organized. So thank you so much. And just finally, then, if people want to find out more about you and, and what Solvo do, uh, how can they do that? So if you want to know more about me you can follow me on twitter uh or on linkedin it's not a problem uh, I, I think you can see my name is shira shamban s-h-a-m-b-a-n uh, and if you want to know more about solvo please visit us at www.solvo.cloud uh, if you're using the cloud if your company runs on the cloud if you want to have your environment uh, more protected uh, automatically please uh, pay us a visit and we would love to show you a demo. That's great. Well, thank you so much. It's been great having you on the show today and learning about your experience. It's, uh, yeah, you've, you've had quite a journey and uh, I wish you every success uh, going forwards. Thank you very much for having me and good luck to everyone. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. There was so much in that conversation, it's difficult to know where to start. 
I particularly like Shearer's point about how military leavers often have the attitude to succeed and get the job done with the tools they have, and how this makes those people appeal to startups. During the launch publicity for Project Future, I was delighted to be featured by Quest, a magazine in the UK who support military leavers to find their next steps. As well as military personnel, I think this attitude often applies to people across all the public services. If that applies to you, do get in touch and let's discuss how we can work together. I'll start today with my three-minute quiz at robcurr.co.uk forward slash quiz. I'm delighted to say Shearer's recommendation, Grant Aspland, has recorded an episode with me, and that will be published as episode 16 on the 2nd of March. Grant certainly stands up to the billing that Shearer gave here. On next week's episode, I speak with an inspirational young entrepreneur, Sam Halligan. So please subscribe to get notified of this on Tuesday morning. Thank you for listening. Until next time, keep launching and building those amazing businesses that give you satisfaction and balance.